0: all right guys welcome back to episode two of magic versus muggles and once again i am courtney smith representing the muggle side of knowing nothing and i'm alex gallagher the magical side and today we have a special guest with us, Ms. Ashley Hill. Um, so, if you would just uh, real quickly tell our audience, which side do you represent magic versus muggle, and like what's your experience with Harry Potter?
1: Um, so, I represent the magic side, but I did not jump into the Harry Potter craze initially. Um, I was kind of dead set against reading it for many years, um, but I became a, a librarian, a school librarian. And so I got guilted into reading Harry Potter um, because of that, and I immediately fell in love with it, and ever since then, I've read everything I can about it, watched all the movies, just anything Harry Potter. I love it. It's my favorite story I've ever read. And who guilted you? Students, peers, teachers? Like, who Who was it? Um, well, I was a high school English teacher, and so definitely some of my peers, and my little sister. She was a big fan for many years, so... Um, I finally gave in and I could not put the books down. it I think I read them within like two or three weeks.
0: <laughs> so, and, nice. and it's funny to me, too, that you say you were guilted into it because who guilted me into reading these <laughs> books is me, well, both of you, both of you two sitting right there. So it's all your fault uh-huh. that we are here.
2: Like I've said before, it's a fandom, but also kind of a cult.
0: So welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a witch's cult. <laughs> <laughs> or a wizard's cult? I don't know. What's the difference? Okay, we'll talk about that when we get to it. So um today we are gonna look at book one, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, and we're just covering half of the book today. So we're gonna go through um chapter, what did I say, six? Mm-hmm. Um, so that basically gets us to the point where they um I think like the very last sentence is like they're actually at the castle door and Hagrid knocks on the door, right? So, um, so not covering anything yet in Hogwarts, but just kind of all the leading up, the establishing, establishing characters, setting, singing, all of those fun things. Um, and, um, yeah, kind of getting to the magic, right? Absolutely.
2: All right. So let's dive in. So I'm going to go ahead and make the assumption that most of our listeners, have read Harry Potter or at least are familiar with who he is as a character. And he started out an orphan. His parents were killed and he goes to live with the Dursleys, which are um, his mother's sister and husband and their son, Dudley. He is a dud. He is a dud, opinion. yes. <laughs>
0: um, reminded me a lot of um, the um, the character from... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, the one that is the the gluttonous one. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, uh, Augustus Glute. Augustus Glute. There you go. Yeah, it just kind of reminded me of that, like kind of dumb. Like they reference a lot that he is like. I don't know if he's fat, but he's mm-hmm. like yes, he is. is oh, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like okay. Um, lazy. Yeah, lazy, dumb, greedy, like oh, always yeah. wanting more. Greedy you know. For sure. So, and we can talk about that when we get to that scene more specifically. But um, but yeah, he just reminded me of that character. So.
2: Yeah. Okay, totally yep. understandable. So, actually, if you go on to Pottermore, they have a lot of J.K. Rowling's archives of background information. I found a ton on Vernon and Petunia, and it's actually fascinating. And it talks about their relationship with Lily and James Potter, which Harry's parents. And um, so, Lily or Petunia and Vernon met at work. She was determined to get away from her parents and sister because she felt like That they favored Lily more than her.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And uh, so she ran away to London. Not really ran, but decided to be a secretary in London. Met Vernon and the rest was history. Um, He, she was first attracted to him because he was so normal. That anything abnormal Mm -hmm. made him angry. Like he apparently hated even to the point where people wore brown shoes with black suits.
1: So you say normal as – he was in very boring too, right? Oh, yeah. so boring. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Which yeah. – um, so if I can kind of – I'll jump in here and just say like um, that was some notes that I made about uh, when I first met them and um, just the idea of like normal, which mm-hmm. is a word that I hate. Like I hate that word normal. It definitely
1: but... has a negative connotation in this sense. Right. Well,
0: yes. well, and I mean like just in the world in general, what is normal? Like there mm-hmm. is no normal, right? And so um, – so I think she, you know, in my opinion, um, JK Rowling is kind of playing that up on purpose to just kind of suggest that, that normal in her book is boring. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that because like, I think it, you know, especially for a young audience, like that's something that should be, um, you know, taught to them is mm-hmm. like, you know, that there really is no such thing as normal and that you should like celebrate your differences and what makes you special and, you know, and unique. Um, so I, I found it really interesting, and I liked that the the normal family is seen as negative, as seen as, you know, like they are the greedy ones and the, you know, boring and, you know, all sorts of things. And, yeah, and like the the not normal is what we should be kind of celebrating, well, and I feel even, like. Even kind
1: of going along um, those same lines, Harry's name itself is very normal compared to a lot of the other <laughs> wizarding <laughs> names, yeah. uh, true, like Draco Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so I think that's interesting that she named her main character, who is a wizard, with such a normal muggle name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And
2: from my readings from the archives, J.K. Rowling outright says that everything she put into the Dursleys was everything she dislikes. She dislikes Mm -hmm. arrogance, she dislikes uh, bigotry, she dislikes prejudice, narrow-mindedness. And she just decided to personify those characteristics in the Dursleys. And even with their names, she said she named... These are the two characters that she never doubted what they were going to be called. That Vernon, okay. she's just never liked the name and thought that it would suit him. I and agree. Petunia, evidently when she was little, this is hilarious. She used to watch like PSAs and they were cartoons, I guess, in England. And it had a picture of, um, a couple sitting on a cliff watching this guy drowned and the wife's name was Petunia. And she said, I guess subconsciously that always stuck with me is
1: Petunia kind of being just too, an awful person. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay guys. So, um, what I'd like to do now, I guess is just kind of, um, jump back. So I made a bunch of notes as you guys can see, um, (laughs) audience at home. Yes, I have Flags on pretty much every page of the book. Um, so I just kind of like to go through. and like, I'm just going to note some of my observations and stuff. And then you guys jump in with like thoughts um, or, you know, if you want to elaborate on it without spoiling anything, right. Um, we can just kind of talk about some of these things. Perfect. Okay? All right. So going through um, my first note is like on the second page of the book, um, just the appearance of the cat and the owl. Mm-hmm. I don't right? mm-hmm. remember. Um, and. Obviously, I mean, again, knowing not much about Harry Potter, but I do know, and I mean, it's even, I know, even at this point, like, the cat is Professor... McGonagall. Thank you. I'm going to try not to say names. <laughs> um, but um, but just uh, as I was reading, you know, I, like, made a note of that, like, you know, I knew they were going to be important. And so, like, now it just makes me think, and, and I am curious to see, like, does... Every witch and wizard, are they all able to turn into animals? Or is that a specific Um, trait? Not
2: everyone is able to. It's called being an animagus. Mm -hmm. And they actually have to register themselves if they do have that ability. So with the Ministry of Magic, it's kind of like their governmental system.
1: Okay. You will see more about that in book three. Okay. So we won't ruin I can't even say that word, ruin too much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cool. Cool. But yes, McGonagall does
0: have that
2: ability. Yes.
0: Yes. um, Being a cat.
2: But not every wizard can do that. So you are
0: correct. Yeah. Okay. And who was the owl? I think it was just an owl. Just an owl? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't remember. Like, I made this note a while back. So I was like, was the owl somebody or was the owl just an owl? Owl's just an owl. Okay.
2: And owls are.
0: Huh? It wasn't Dumbledore. No. Okay.
2: Uh, Owls are how they kind of. Send okay. mail. Oh, like mm-hmm. a well, yeah, pigeon, that's true. I knew that. Owl. Yeah, because
0: that comes yeah. up later. But um, Well, and I think it was just talking about, like, if I remember correctly, it was just like there were a lot of owls around. And so, like, yeah, they probably, in that case, it wasn't that they are. Uh, um, Animate. Animate. <laughs> maybe they were. Since um, they are
1: the messengers, maybe they were there to see what was going on and what, yeah. send messages back to people. The gossip yeah. network, maybe. Yeah, yeah
0: okay. <laughs> And just establishing, I'm sure as an author, she's just establishing mm-hmm. like something magical is going mm-hmm. on here, right? right? Something is happening. right? So. Setting the scene. Yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with like my next note was just about the shooting stars, right? So the mm-hmm. shooting stars that come up, which I think is later attributed, like they say, that was so-and-so that did that. Like it was just a form of magic. that yeah. He yes. was like doing that. Yes. so
2: yeah. Of a celebratory nature, too. Right. right. right.
0: Mm-hmm. right yeah. i kind was. of stabi- just establishing, right. yeah, something right. has gone on that they've. They're celebrating something. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, All right, my next note. So uh, when you first meet, eh, I guess it's first meet, somewhere around there when you meet um, Dumbledore Mm -hmm. for the first time. Um, And it mentions, um, here's how it describes him. His blue eyes were light, bright, and sparkling behind half-moon spectacles, and his nose was very long and crooked, as though it had been broken at least twice. This man's name was Albus Dumbledore. Uh, So I just made a note of that, that his nose has been broken twice. And I don't want y'all to spoil anything, but I just, you know, thought it was worth pointing out, like, is that something that will come up in the story? Do we find out why his nose was broken? I don't
1: remember specifically, but you do learn a lot more of his backstory later on. And that may, at some point, something may be mentioned. But not something. That's not significant. Yeah. No.
0: So maybe not, yeah, not a significant occurrence, but just to suggest that in his younger days he was active and rowdy and stuff, maybe. Maybe not fist fighting, but perhaps he took
2: like a spell or two to the face. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, My next note was, and I just have to rag, I'm sorry, on J.K. Rowling a little bit, but like the put outer... (laughs) <laughs> to me, was the most ridiculous name of a device ever. And I know this at this point is for young adults Children. and, but come on, a put outer. I love it. What else would you call
1: it? I don't know anything else. Anything. I mean, I will say a lot of her names are more creative.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's why this one stood out because like yeah. I'll talk about that later. I have notes about like names that are creative and stuff. I and mean I'm she like, took
1: a lot gonna of gonna like Roman influence, Greek Latin mythology. influence, Greek, and then all of a sudden you have I agree, the put out <laughs> <It's> very <laughs> common, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted a magical a name word. for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um my next note was um. So, and again, I'm going to read, right? So, uh, this is McGonagall yes. talking mm-hmm. to... Um, Hagrid? No, uh, Dumbledore. Oh, okay. She said, I think Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, I know you haven't said Professor McGonagall sounding half exasperated, half admiring, but you're different. Everyone knows you're the only one you know... Oh, all right. Voldemort was frightened of. So, I made a note that, mm-hmm. like, they say that he, like... Because obviously I know already that Voldemort is, like, the big scary guy, right? Um, And so I I just noted that he is supposedly afraid of Mm -hmm. Dumbledore. So then it just makes me wonder, like, you know, but Dumbledore seems to be afraid of him as well. And so, you know, I just kind of wonder, and I know this will come up, obviously, but, like, Mm -hmm. who is stronger and why, if Voldemort is afraid of Dumbledore, then why... Is Voldemort even an issue? Like, Dumbledore could just put him down, right? But... Um. Well, this kind of
2: has, like, the classic, like, light versus dark. Like, good magic versus dark magic. And Dumbledore, it's not a secret. He does not even get anywhere near dark magic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I also well. think, too, that Dumbledore... It's kind of like... It's like he is the all-knowing, like, almost like represents God or something, Mm -hmm. right? Like he knows everything that's going to happen, everything that's important, but it all has a plan and has to um, go and, you know, fall into place in a certain order. And I think that he knows that. Um, So like Alex said, he does Mm -hmm. stay away from the dark magic, but also he kind of knows the certain things that have to happen that need to happen. Think about when bad things happen. You (laughs) know, yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I think... I don't. I actually don't think he's scared of Voldemort. I don't, know. I don't think so. Either. I don't think he is. And I do. And they do go into that later on. Um, once again, you'll you'll find out more about Voldemort and his background, his story, and um, how he was connected to Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I never really got the impression that Dumbledore was scared of him, though.
2: No, I agree. I you definitely never. He never says he is, and he's a pretty humble guy throughout the entire series. Not Voldemort, Dumbledore, Dumbledore. <laughs> and. People give him a lot of credit that he won't necessarily take credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's very evident that Voldemort is afraid of uh, Dumbledore Dumbledore. for a long time. Okay.
0: Well, and it reminded me, um, you know, again, as I said in the intro, like I didn't read Harry Potter because I was such a Lord of the Rings fan, right? So I do notice some parallels, even mm-hmm. though um a lot of people have said like Lord of the Rings was written for a older audience, like, and that's what where this is kind of different is she started with this younger audience. But um so Dumbledore kind of reminds me of Gandalf, right? Mm-hmm. He's the white wizard, he's mm-hmm. kind of the all-knowing. Um, mm-hmm. and I like what you said about him almost being like a god figure that like, but he knows that these things have to take place in this way. Um, and so if Dumbledore is Gandalf and Voldemort is Saron, right? And then Harry is, um, Frodo. Frodo. Thank you. The name <laughs> would come to me. So, you know, yeah. So like I see these comparisons and that you could make the same argument with mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. It's like, right. why, why did Frodo have to go do this? Why couldn't Gandalf just take the ring and destroy Right. Right. So it's kind of that same idea. It would be a really short yeah. book. It would be <laughs> both of these. Yeah. In both cases, like. Okay, he's it's gone. Definitely, but, it's definitely
1: so. a journey. I mean, yeah. oh, in a yeah. completely different sense from Lord of the Rings, but I, I definitely agree there are lots yeah. of parallels. Okay. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. well, so um, you know, archetypes. so th- mm-hmm. a typical archetype, right, of having that like um, the the spiritual guide kind mm-hmm. of archetype. Mm-hmm. Oh, so uh, you know, Dumbledore is kind of like that. Like he doesn't. well, oh, and y'all, again, y'all know more than me, so maybe I'm wrong. But like, he doesn't necessarily step in so much as he's just the guide. Yeah, that, No, I agree with too. that yeah, 100%. Yeah.
2: yeah. You're not mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Sometimes he's kind of like a puppet master too. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, that's important too, right? A lot of- uh, so my next note was just about rumor rumor versus truth, right? Um, so I noticed like in the beginning with setting up what happened to Harry Potter's parents and Voldemort and all this like um, she uses the word like the rumor is Um, and even going back to like the owls and we talk about like the you know listening in and like all of it it's um, it just makes me wonder like you know if this is this is rumor so what is the truth like what really happened and nobody really knows because from what at least from the rumor it was just Voldemort Harry's parents and Harry, and, I mean, he was an infant, so he doesn't know, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, so, I'm just curious and interested to see, like, as we go along, like, if we'll get more of, like, what actually happened yes, that Yes, night. definitely so. Okay. Yes. Okay. And um, –
2: Sorry, I'm trying – like, yeah, I spo- keep opening and closing my yeah. mouth because I keep thinking, like, <laughs> nope, that's a spoiler. Oh, nope, don't say that. That's
0: a spoiler. <laughs> well, do y'all think, like – so, I mean, that was on, like, JK Rowling definitely did that on purpose. Like, she wants it to be rumor. Like, it's important that we don't know what happened. Well, we yet. initially
1: kind of learn a little bit more about Harry's parents coming from the Dursleys. And of course, their story is completely different from what actually happened. Mm-hmm. You know, they were killed in a car wreck, right? Right. Something so, so normal,
2: right? right?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, and, and they don't ever want to speak about it. And Harry knows nothing about his background. Um, and so, of course, I guess the first chapter, we, we know something's going on. We know something's happened because of Dumbledore and uh, McGonagall's there and Harry gets delivered to his aunt and uncle's house. But we don't get more of the story until much later. But it does – I mean, it, it's just all tied together, right, Alex? Yeah. Like all the, all the different books, like yeah. so many different things are tied and just interwoven throughout the entire story. I mean, and there are details revealed
2: about that night that you don't find out until – like the end of the series. Like
0: that's what I was about to ask. How long do I have to wait till like <laughs> I yeah, get book the truth? Seven. Right? Yeah. So like yeah. the very yeah. end. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is just great writing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that you set stuff up in the beginning and like seven books later, yeah, that we finally get to it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah.
1: She's okay. a brilliant writer. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Reminds me of like some of my favorite shows. Like I already told you guys I would have to mention, you know, Babylon 5, <laughs> which Nobody listening has probably ever seen, but, um, I've never but seen you know, <laughs> me an epic sci-fi, you know, series where, like, from the very beginning sets up some stuff that, like, will happen at the very end and, like, just really well thought out. And I, I love that. I love when writers don't um, – because I think with a lot of – especially with TV shows today, like – um they have the basic premise. They start with a pilot, but they don't know where they're, they're going with it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, like we were talking about before we started this podcast, How I Met Your Mother mm-hmm. is another example of like, um, and Lost is mm-hmm. the perfect example. Like it was so good. And then they get to the end and they didn't know how they were going to end it. Like, cause they right. didn't have that from the beginning and, and you see how that turns out, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Breaking Bad is a great example of like, he knew from the beginning, like mm-hmm. what would happen in the end and like. And so it's well played out, like, yes. you know. And so um, so I'm glad to hear y'all say that, that, you know, I think that's probably what makes these books so popular is that, you know, she does have that story from beginning to end.
1: I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that she actually wrote the ending mm-hmm. first. first.
0: I've, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before. And yeah. then she kind of yeah. went back and did like her roadmap right.
1: to her destination, you know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, you know, speaking as a, a writer myself, well, i call myself one, but like, <laughs> You know, with my novel, I did the same thing. Like, I already know, like, I I wrote the prologue and the epilogue, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and now I'm going back and doing all the other stuff because I know, like, you know, where you wanted it to be, and I think that's, you know, you almost have to do that. And I feel like, especially, again, with, I'm talking about TV shows, but they just don't do that anymore. Like, they don't know where they're going with it. Right.
2: And I feel like that's when your audience, you lose your audience Mm -hmm. and you lose your followers when they are upset with the ending or when they don't feel fulfilled. Where, I mean, maybe it's just me and I surround myself with like-minded people, but we, everyone I've heard is pretty, pretty great about the ending of Harry Potter and everyone feels very, feels that kind of sense of closure to a story Mm -hmm. and like it wasn't left with a
1: gashing hole in my heart. That's wonderful. Yes. I've never heard one person Mm -mm.
0: say they disliked how she ended it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um... Okay, so again, one thing I just have to point out and this, this is silly, y'all, but it just drove really <laughs> no, me crazy. Like, how does Hagrid her. drive a motorcycle while holding a baby? Is my note. Yeah. Because he drives a right? motorcycle. It with does the have baby a little side cart. Yeah, it, has a, it doesn't have a side but cart. But it says.
2: Oh, it
0: was um, in his coat. That's right. He says, yeah, yeah like, that he. <laughs> A um, baby
2: bajorin that he just zipped up around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I thought it said something about like it being in his arms or something, but that's okay. Anyway, <laughs> so like, a uh, like I said, it's just a <laughs> little silly note. Um, so also on this page though, it mentions young serious black lent it to me. Mm-hmm. I've got him. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the motorcycle. So. The reason I noted that is because I know, like, I think in the intro you asked me that name, right? I um, did. Yes. And, you know, what I thought about it. And so I know that he is of import, right? Um, and I just noted especially that they call him young here, mm-hmm. which, you know, and I know in just a little bit we jump 10 years, right? So um, so he will be older. And so I just wonder, like, when they say young, like, how young is he? I mean, obviously, he's got a motorcycle, so he's not a child. Um, um but...
1: same age as Harry's father. Okay. Well, I guess both of his parents. Okay. Yep, they're all the same okay. age. Okay, yeah. so that age, okay. So, so
2: it would be um, early 20s, mid-20s? Probably.
1: probably so.
0: At this point. At, At this point, point, So when we jump 30, 10 years later, he's going to be about right. 30 or so. Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I just noted that because I know he is a character that will mm-hmm. come into play in one of the books, mm-hmm. I believe. Um from what I do know. So, um, so I just kind of wondered, yeah, about what age was he? So, all right, we've made it to chapter two, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, loving this. It's fun. Is right? fun? <laughs> so first thing I noted in chapter two, um, and this kind of goes back to the Dursleys, but I made a note about, um, specifically, and I will try not to talk forever about this because this is a long one, but, um, the fact that Harry is kept under the stairs, right? In that little room under the stairs his um, in his little cupboard. Yeah. And, and again, it goes back to the whole idea of like normal and they're hiding him and all, but it made me think of like in society, how we tend to like try to hide things that aren't quote unquote normal. Um, so it made me think of almost like um, either mental illness or disability. Um and so, if you think about that way, so they're almost positing Harry's magic as a disability yeah. or as an, a mental illness, right? Um, and you know, and it just kind of reflects, like, uh, like I said, it made me think of like our society and how we hide away things that are not, you know, normal that we don't want to face um, mm-hmm. because we don't know how to face them, We you don't, don't want to,
1: other people to know about to it. To know about it, okay. yeah, because
0: yeah, and we don't it's understand like a shame,
1: kind of. Thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. We don't understand, and we don't. Um, you know, how how to deal with that. Um, and so we hide them away,
2: right? Yeah, definitely. So it's pretty obvious. I mean, you don't keep people that you care about in a closet under the stairs. With spider so, webs. With spider webs and especially let alone a child. And you have other bedrooms in your house. Yeah. Right? You have space. Yeah, that's for the them. thing. Yeah, later <laughs> they move
0: them and it's like, yeah. And yeah, you
2: know. so drawing back on the uh supplementary writings that JK Rowling did. She gives a little background information about Vernon and Petunia and Lily and James. And basically, they hated each other, especially Vernon and James. They met after Petunia and Vernon got engaged. They went to dinner. At this point, Vernon kind of knows about the magic side of Petunia's family, only being Lily, everyone else was a muggle, Mm -hmm. but she explains it to Vernon, like, please don't leave me, but my sister's kind of a freak, is how she puts it, and he is just like, that's fine, I won't hold it against you, however, I'm not going to necessarily be nice to these people, they kind of have it out in a restaurant, he thinks that James is messing with him, and obviously, being the kind of person Vernon is, doesn't appreciate that, and... They leave off in a storm. Lily's crying. James is like, I promise I'll try to make it up to you by befriending this man. Well, they meet again at Petunia and Vernon's wedding. Lily is not a bridesmaid. (laughs) That is specifically pointed out. And Vernon never even looks or speaks to James at all during the reception. And it just really severs their sisterhood at that point. And the next form of... Correspondence is the birth announcement of Harry, which it then specifically says Petunia threw in the trash. And so then, flash forward a year, that's pretty shocking then to see this little baby in a basket on your front doorstep with a letter saying that his his parents, your sister, has been murdered and you need to take care of their son. Yeah,
0: and that's, you know, interesting too because I noticed, I noted that, um, uh, when Vernon first hears, like, the name and he's like, I'm not even sure if that was his name. Was it Harry? Was it something else? Like, Harold, Harold or whatever. Like, so that shows how little, yeah, that they have obviously had no connection with that family for yeah. for a long time. So. And
2: I'm sure there was some residual anger there and that led to the mistreatment of Harry.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, Vernon was not going to treat him the same way he treats his own son, thinking that he comes from freaks that he's so opposed to.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, uh, next thing that I want to talk about is um, the scar, right? The infamous scar. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt scar on Harry Potter. Um, And, you know, the reason that this stood out to me is just because, um, you know, with analyzing literature and there's kind of like the archetype of uh, uh, being marked, right? And they say, like, marked for greatness. Um, So you will often see in literature a character that has some sort of marking, some sort of, you know, something, whether it's a deformity or um, a scar or a birthmark or something, that they are, you know, marked for greatness. Um, Or is this the unhealable wound? Oh, good point. Yeah. Which is also an archetype, yeah. Like, you know, the wound that won't heal. Um, which usually is because, yeah, you have to do something like, yeah, you have to get a, you know, a past, a ritual or something to, yeah, to get that. So, um, that's a good point. Yeah. Could be an outward
2: symbol of some inward turmoil. Or could be all of the above, Mm -hmm. which in fact it probably (laughs) is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So it just makes me, yeah. Having not read it, it makes me think, yeah, is that a sign of, um. You know, is he marked for greatness or, or yeah, is it an unhealable wound? Is it, you know, some, some, a physical marking of an internal
1: mm-hmm.
0: fault or, mm-hmm. you know, something missing? Right. Well, Mark,
2: going along the um, path of marked for greatness, mm-hmm. that is one thing that throughout his entire first year, maybe second year, even when people recognize him, they're like, Can I see your scar?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's almost as if they're, They don't want to believe it's him until they see that proof. Right. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's his
0: designator. Otherwise, he's a normal kid. A normal – yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's – yeah, he's normal. Again, using that word that I hate, right? Um, An average kid. But, yeah, and and that's interesting because, yeah, in describing him and everything, there's nothing great about him, right? He's not this big, monstrous guy. You know, again, Lord of the Rings, you know, relevance of, like – It was a hobbit, like the smallest of the um, creatures there that, you know, had to go on that great adventure. And so Harry's kind of like that, like he's a 10-year-old boy, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it is interesting that everybody wants to see that scar, that that's kind of that mark of. Well,
2: -hmm. and he has all this self-doubt, too. He's like, man, I hope there's not an exam on the first day. Like, I don't know any magic. And he, like, he shows that over and over again. He does all his reading after he gets everything. He's just like. Man, I don't even know what I don't know. Yeah, good point. So he even sees himself not even as average, but he sees himself as below Below average. average. Yeah,
0: because he knows nothing about that world. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and I think, too, even with the scar, um, Harry doesn't even understand the significance of why he has the scar Mm -hmm. and what happened for him to get the scar. Right. Um, And obviously, I mean, the scar itself is what symbolizes, I guess... um, I'm gonna to give too much away. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but I mean, you know,
1: yeah, I guess I'm being special. Sort of, yeah. But um, but he's but he's through. famous because of what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Everyone knows he survived.
0: Right.
1: The boy that right. lived. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. right. Oh yeah.
0: Right, and I mean that, and that, you know, So now we're going. And no back one, to no one has ever survived, versus, right? Like, yeah. He's
2: the right. only person ever. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So people think that makes him special, where he kind of sees it as like. This happened to me. Right. I didn't didn't do do anything. anything. I was a baby. Right. Right. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Um… This, oh, we don't have to harp on this long, but I just had to underline it because I thought it was funny. Again, going back to the way the Dursleys treat Harry, but um, when he says, that car's new, he's not sitting in it alone, sitting in it alone. And it just made me think of like they're comparing him to a dog. Like, you, know, like, you can't stay in the car, you know? Like, <laughs> you'll mess up the car. Gonna yeah, like, what's he going to do? Yeah. Nothing to do about do his health. Car? It's like, yeah. no, yeah. we yeah. the interior. We're in the interior, right?
1: Yeah. Um, which just shows how ridiculous Vernon <laughs> he is. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, it's, it's like comedic it's silly. as far as yeah. he's the bad guy, I guess, initially yeah. from what you see. But on the extreme, on a whole <laughs> different <laughs> level, yeah. Right.
0: yeah. Um, which I think you know, uh, and again, writing for a young audience, I think it's okay to go to those extremes because younger people don't get the subtleties to near tend not to think right. about subtleties. So so I think that's probably why she does it to an extreme, you know, is to kind of Or like
1: Dudley asking for thirty-eight presents or whatever. It was. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Being yeah. outraged we, at yeah. being cheated one. one present. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like everything is to the yeah, extreme degree. Right. Um, which actually ties into this, right? So when um in that same car ride, you know, Harry mentions, you. I had a dream about a motorcycle it was flying. And Uncle Vernon, like, screams at him, motorcycles don't fly, right? And, um, like, just so dramatic. Um, and it made me think of in Hamlet when she says, me thinks the lady doth protest too much.
1: Uh-huh. Um, and so, like,
0: the idea of, like, he's so against magic uh-huh. that even in a dream, which everybody knows dreams are just dreams, right? So Harry's just saying in a dream that this happened, and he's, like, Jumps at him, you know, so angry about it because because he knows that mm-hmm. it's true, and so you know the normal to reaction hide that. would have been to like laugh about it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's silly. Whatever. Yeah, yeah.
2: Or in true Vernon fashion, just being like, Harry, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, no one cares. Right. <laughs> but instead, yeah, he has this over really over the top, oh, over yeah. the top right. reaction
0: because because it's true, right? You know, and he's trying to hide that, right? Um, all right, so let's move on. Um, so then they go to the zoo, right? Um, and I liked the interaction with Harry and the snake. I thought that was just kind of cute, like that the snake kind of reacts to him. Um, also made me think of. <laughs> the magical people just smiled and laughed Right. <laughs> each <other. laughs> Well, and it made me think of what we were talking about earlier. And I, again, I cannot remember the word. I don't know why they, I'm. I'm Parcel time. No. Oh, whoa. Oh, no. whoa, 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 whoa.
1: <laughs> don't go there yet. <laughs> what oh, <laughs> word?
0: I don't know what that is. So it's okay. Whoa. No, the Amaga, blah oh, blah Animagus. Uh, Animagus. Thank you. Why I can't remember that. I don't know. Like it just made me wonder is he an Animagus? Yeah. Like, um, you know, but he gets trapped in a cage. So I mean, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what they would keep him, but but when he, you know, he gets out, the snake gets out and it's he a goes on. Like, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like
0: I just wondered if he was put there on purpose, you know, or something. I don't know. But um I did note, though, and again, this is a silly little thing, but when the snake gets out and he says, thanks, amigo, um, (laughs) which is, you know, Portuguese, um, which they would speak in Brazil, right? And the snake, the sign says the snake is from Brazil, but then it also says that he's been cage bred. So, it was like, where did he learn Portuguese?
2: Mm. I'm going to remove myself from this brief narrative because I have a, like, in-depth
0: knowledge. Theory. The, no, okay. not knowledge. Oh, I have a, a super theory. like
2: passionate theory about this that I can bring up once you've read them all.
0: Oh, okay. So <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Do you want to say anything about this? Him, I, him I, knowing no, I Portuguese? don't, I mean,
1: no. <laughs> the snake is significant. We'll leave it at that. Okay. All
0: right. All right. All right. So he learned Portuguese. Okay. Um, oh, we were talking about this earlier, but I just made a note of like, um, I like the idea that magic is by birth not nature and that like not everybody in the family so it's not like a lineage thing it's almost almost just seems like a complete accident you know Mm -hmm. well yeah I mean obviously Harry's parents were both magical and he is but then you have like and you have like Ron's whole family is Mm -hmm. all magical but then you have like um Hermione I think says neither of her parents they're both muggles right right? yeah so like where you know I it just makes me wonder and maybe there's more later that goes into this. Um, but even if there isn't, like, I think that's fine. That it's just, like, it's kind of a – it's a, um anomaly, you know. Like, some people right. get it. Some I, people don't, yeah, you know. Don't well, actually, like Lily.
1: Yeah, Lily wasn't from a family. Yeah, right, yeah. Family. No, but Nobody mm-hmm. in
0: her family was, yeah. I don't
1: remember so. J.K. Rowling ever actually explaining that to About why
2: somewhere, why somewhere? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I don't
1: think so. I don't think she ever – unless there was, like, a backstory on Pottermore or something like that. But in the yeah. books, I don't remember her ever – Actually addressing that,
0: and I like that. I mean, I I don't think Mm -hmm. you need to, but I just like—I like the idea that it isn't like a nurture. Like you can't just learn it. You can't just learn to be magical. Either have it or you don't. don't. Yeah, right. And I
2: kind of thought that was just kind of cool. Maybe it's one of those like hidden gene things, to where it's like, yeah, a trait that pops up when it's like, well, someone way on mom's side and someone way on dad's side were magical at some Mm -hmm. point, and. That's just true. Uh, had like married muggles, had muggles, had muggles, had muggles, and then like all of a sudden, the perfect concoction
1: of, well, she has magic blood on both sides now, and it pops up. Well, and there oh, are yeah. even families who end up having that are magical. Oh, yeah. that end up with a child who has none. Are they called squibs? Squibs. Yes. Okay. Yeah, which isn't like a major thing in it, but yeah, yeah you meet one, yeah, but. so okay. <laughs> mean, a couple.
0: Um, well, you, I didn't a couple say couple who. Mentioned. You meet one. Um another archetype, right? So I notice um just like at the end of chapter 2 it says um at school Harry had no one. Everyone knew that Dudley's gang hated that old Harry Potter in his baggy old clothes and broken glasses and nobody liked to disagree with Dudley's gang. Um so it just reminded me of the archetype of like the outcast, right? Mm-hmm. That he doesn't again and kind of going back to what we've been talking about normal and magical and right that he just clearly um Rawlings, Rolling, goes over the top to say like he does not fit in here right he is this outcast um which typically those outcast characters are you know again they have to go on this journey and they have to find where right. they do fit in
1: right. right
2: oh yeah and it's funny because he's kind of an outcast in the muggle world but then at times he's an outcast in the magic world too so
1: throughout the series see, you yeah. pull for him there's definitely right. characters in both regard you know Regardless if they're muggle or magic, um, they still have those, like, not the mean girls, I guess in the sense it would be the mean boys. But (laughs) you still have those kids or those characters that are mean to Harry, you know, the the school uh, snobs or whatever. Um, you definitely see that in both worlds. So there's. Right. Just because yeah. he joins the the magic world doesn't mean that everything just suddenly becomes okay for him. Right. And
0: everybody's friends. There right. are yeah.
2: people right. in the magic world just as extreme on the other side of the spectrum as Vernon.
0: Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Good, good point. All right. Uh, maybe on chapter three. Chapter <laughs> <laughs> three, guys. Um. So this is just an observation. I just loved – I love the letters, the addresses. So, like, Mr. H. Potter, the cupboard under <laughs> yes. the stairs. Yes, And then the, um, the smallest watching. bedroom. <laughs> and then um, room 117, Railway, Wellview Hotel. Like, I just thought that was really cute. Like, yeah. a really cute – um detail, you know, that they not just to him but like literally to him to his exact room, you know, and um and just shows the magic of it that, you know, mm-hmm. they can find well him. and
1: like like I said earlier, with Dumbledore being all knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He always right. knew where Harry where was. Harry was. <laughs> yeah. They could not hide from him you know, regardless mm-hmm. of where they yeah. ran to. So which
2: I mean I kinda of wanna point out that's cute for us
1: and that's cute for Harry, but Imagine being like Petunia
0: and (laughs) and Vernon. They're
2: like, "Oh crap, what?"
0: Yeah, and even when he like he boards up the the door, the mailbox (laughs) slot, he thinks that's gonna help. And then he boards up the like chimney, and like, yeah, they're gonna get the letter to him no matter what. The irony of like, there's
2: no post on Sundays. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, yeah, it happens anyway. Um, And they even yeah, so like, which forces Vernon to take him to the little shack, you know, in the middle of like a sea, right? That there's like, they're like, they can't get us here. You know, there's all the way across this water, you know? And so um, I
1: actually read something uh, randomly. Um, I was reading something this week about the Puritans and the Salem witch trials. And anyway, of course, went down a rabbit hole reading lots of other things. But um, something that came up was there is an old wives tale that witches cannot cross water. Um I guess they can't touch the water. Water is like a powerful source of good which so, is yeah, it's a purity You thing, know, like, yeah, like so biblical. um and I, like, I guess even they would like, did we talk about drowning witches or something when they were trying to test? I know you yeah, said something yeah, about Yeah, yeah, so
0: back in Puritan times, yeah. um, this comes up with um like the Salem witch trials and um crucible um but they would it was a test to see if they were a witch so right, they would right. like throw them into the river and they would say if they if they floated, they were a witch. Um, if they okay. drowned, they weren't. But, of course, the irony of that is then they're drowned. So <laughs> too little, too late. Right. Oh, sorry, I right. guess you want a witch. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: But, no, I thought it was interesting because um, at the very end of, you know, when they're running away from the letters, that is where Vernon takes the family is to an island with a shack, water completely surrounding it, thinking, okay, they there is no way they're going to find us here. Mm-hmm. And witches can't get to us. Of course, we know that Hagrid um, finds Harry there. And I just thought that was interesting that that that's an old wives tale that witches can't cross water.
0: And see, even knowing that about Peartin, like, I didn't make that connection. I just thought he was trying to get, like, as remote as possible. Like, you know, like the idea of, you know, still hard to get out there, but I didn't Mm -hmm. think about the water element specifically.
2: Which, and then if you think about it, that's probably the worst place to go since witches and wizards were so big on just, like, being discreet. It would have made so much more sense for him to go into, like… The middle of London, yeah. where there's everyone around, where a man, a giant man flying in on a motorcycle, right. go Unnoticed, right? So yeah, it's like <laughs> true, yeah, backwards yeah. thinking.
0: Um, okay, yeah, um, hmm. I have a note here, I don't know what I meant. <laughs> Is he such a good wizard, but I don't know who I was referring to, Harry or. Oh yeah, okay. Because Hagrid says you're a wizard, Harry, a a wizard, of course, Um, and a thumping good one, I'd say. Um, And so I just wondered, yeah. And we've kind of talked about that, y'all brought that up—that he is like below average in the wizarding world, you know. And so, like, he says he's a good one, and I'm like, based on what, like the fact that he survived the Killing Curse. Right. But you like know. as Alex already pointed out, I mean he was a baby. He just survived it. He didn't do anything. But I think there's so, something. You know, I feel like he just, I, I think didn't people die. Yeah. I think
1: people in the the other wizards think that there's just something special in him. Yeah. That what kind you know, because right. he was what a baby that, yeah. and he survived mm-hmm. it, there must be something special, special. about him, obviously. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, I mean, the more we get to know Hagrid too, he's a very loving mm. person. And I think he also saw the kind of emotional abuse he endured from the Dursleys, so I think he was kind of also trying to bolster Harry's mm-hmm. confidence, mm-hmm. too.
0: I agree, I agree with that. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, um, he cares but a I, lot about Harry. He does. <laughs> yes, That's very But, nice. and I mean, just as somebody who hasn't read it, it just makes me curious to see, like, um, again, what is he going to be as great a wizard as they're building it up, or um, as we talked about in the um, intro one, is it someone else that's going to be the unlikely hero, you know, that... um
1: or once again, you is know. it all of the above? Or all of the above,
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, next note I made. So when they, um, this Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, Headmaster Albus Dumbledore, Order of Merlin, First Class, Grand Sorcerer, Chief Warlock, Supreme Mugwomp, International Confederation of Wizards. So I underline the Chief Warlock because being a huge Charmed fan Oh, Charmed, <laughs> Warlocks are always a bad thing. Like, the warlocks are the evil. They are the ones that use dark magic. They're Basically, a warlock is a wizard who uses dark magic. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that y'all mentioned earlier, like, that Dumbledore stays away from dark magic. So, I just, it makes me wonder, and y'all can maybe elaborate, because so, this did not spoil anything, I don't think. Yeah. But, like, warlocks aren't um, necessarily I, evil. I think
1: some of that, well, as, as far as, yes, he does stay away from dark magic. But I think you also get a glimpse of... Who Dumbledore, his background and what made him who he is now in the uh-huh. story, you get that later on when you kind of get his backstory. <laughs> okay. There's no possible way. We can say more with that, okay. <laughs> okay. yeah.
2: yeah, I'll
0: just leave it at that then. Okay, so y'all will laugh at this next one, right? So my next comment is, <laughs> is Voldemort really Harry's father? <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, because, well, so, and I think, you know, I mean, like, I wrote that almost comically, but there are elements that made me start to think of Star Wars and, like, you know, you know. Uh, um, Luke, I am your father. Yeah, well, that would have been way too. It, well, and that's why I was like, surely it's not because, well, one, yeah, I mean, then it's two, like, co- copying of Star Wars, right? Um, And two, like, I mean, everybody, like, even people who have never watched Star Wars or like, and don't know Star Wars, they know that line, right? And they know, like, that was the big – right. Myself, too. Like, I've, I think I saw the episode four, like, way back when. But anyway. But I'm not a big Star Wars fan, and I even know that, right? And so I figured, like, if that were the case, like, that would have been spoiled by now. Like, oh. I would know that. Even knowing nothing about her. Like, that's one of those things that could not be kept quiet, I, I think. I but.
1: think that um, – but every story, when you have – the hero and you have the villain. Mm-hmm. There's always some sort of connection that brings them into conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in Star Wars, it was because, I mean, Luke obviously was uh, uh, Darth Vader's son, so, you know. Right. But, and this obviously is completely different. But I think that's in every every story. There's always mm-hmm. a connection, of a, a reason why they are brought into conflict. conflict.
2: Right. Baltimore didn't, wasn't like on a killing spree. Well, I mean... <laughs> but he wasn't just like out like yeah. willy nilly killing people, right. and then just like was like stopped in his tracks right. by Harry. Right.
0: And that's explained, a- like
2: what brought him. Like you're there. saying, there's a reason he went to
0: that yes. family. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yes. Well, and there, you know, what you were saying, Ashley said the reason I made this note is because he says like um, um, when he's oh, this is just Hagrid talking about what happened, and he says something very painful was going on in Harry's mind as Hagrid's story came to a close. He saw again the blinding flash of green light. Da da da. Um, and then I know like um. Later in the book, like um, with the, this is later, we'll talk about it when we get there, but like the scar burns again when, mm-hmm. you know, the evil is close. And so, so it is that there's obviously this connection and that's what made me think of that and write that note, like, you know, is it a blood connection or is it just something else, you know? So, mm-hmm. so that's why I We put can't that, talk right? too much about it yeah. yet. <laughs> well, but that's a <laughs> But huge... he is not his father.
2: Okay. <laughs> I mean, that, there are many levels to that. Yeah. None of which we can approach right now. Right now.
0: Yeah. Um, So my next note is: uh, What is behind Hagrid's love of Dumbledore?
2: So, because, so book two, we can write no, yeah, I know, I well, read book two yet. no, we've been. well,
0: book two, yeah, okay, yeah, we two. can yeah. talk about that then. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because I just He's noticed, you know, like yeah, him. that he is extremely loyal to him and he just, and him he and just, he just respects him. Of, I
1: think mm-hmm. most people that meet Dumbledore. I mean, if, even in a sense, obviously Voldemort had some kind of respect for him because he feared him. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew right. he was a great wizard, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's just yeah. he's kind of the. There's boy more to trainer. it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Okay. Um, all right, uh, chapter five, guys. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Um, why do the why do the magic people have their own form of money? Because pounds were too basic,
2: <laughs> well, and probably this form of money was as ancient as magic
1: itself, I would oh. assume, and without their money, green gods would not be there, true, true. and the goblins yeah, would not be there be,
2: yeah, they'd be yeah. unemployed, and goblins are pretty nasty <laughs> creatures, and you don't want them running around unemployed, unemployed and angry, yeah,
0: okay, yeah. um yeah, I just thought that was kind of an interesting um little addition of like, yeah, they have their own form of money um. And, you know, and so you have to have that particular money, um, which leads me to my next question. So why Gringotts? And what I mean by that is the title, because like you mentioned earlier, like sometimes with titles of things, and I've got a note later in just a minute that I'll talk about with titles of like books and authors, but like I couldn't find any connection um, to the name Gringotts. Do y'all know like where that comes from? Is there any connection to that or? um? I don't know of any. Like I even tried to like I I like read it like backwards she got the word or Trump. like you yeah. know like yeah just because I mean, it does seem like a lot of her titles and names of things do have some sort of relevance to something. They
1: do, so. and she uses alliteration a lot. A yeah. lot too, you know. Yeah. I guess green gods with Gots. the goblins. I don't goblins, know. Goblins, <laughs> green Gots, Yeah. I just googled it. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. I just wondered, and I mean, maybe that's just a random one, but. Um, uh, also, again, comparing to like Lord of the Rings, goblins are bad in Lord of the Rings. So, like Alex just said, that they are angry and yes. you know whatnot, but they are I would still not like not label them on the... good. Well, that just makes Harry me Potter, wonder, like, but... so in the Harry Potter world, kind of contrast to like Lord of the Rings, where you do have like goblins, orcs, like they are bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at least from what I've seen so far in the Harry Potter world, there's not really one creature that's bad. There's yeah. just like Like Voldemort, for example, who is just a wizard is evil. But almost like goblins as a whole are evil. The goblins, or
1: I don't know. I kind of feel like at this point they're kind of more neutral, Mm -hmm. but definitely would lean towards the darker side at times.
2: They're very self-serving.
1: Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. So, so maybe according to uh, HP lexicon, Green Gots was founded in 1474 and. Goblins weren't given full control of Gringotts until 1865, for what it's worth. Okay. There's that.
0: So <laughs> goblins are, like, chaotic, neutral? Do you know those? Not
2: like, chaotic. Not yeah. chaotic? No, very, like,
0: So lawful. Yes. What's the other one? Lawful. I can't remember now.
2: They're very shifty characters, okay. Yeah bad,
0: I think, bad love. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember now. Because you have the yeah, you know, the good and the bad side. Okay, shifty is anyway. a good word. Okay, shifty, I like it. Um, uh, will we ever see the Ministry of Magic? Yes. Yes. Because okay. it's just brought up right. But what does the Ministry of Magic do? You will learn um, a lot so more. I just wondered if that would come. You'll up learn a, a lot more about it. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, so this is what I alluded to just a minute ago with names, right? So this stood out to me um, when he's going through his list of books that he needs. I don't know if y'all have ever noticed this, but um, the professors' names, or not professors, but the writers, the people who wrote the books, like, the names, their, their actual names, like, correlate with the book that they wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, so uh, the one that caught me first was Magical Droughts and Potions by Arsenis. Jigger, which sounds like arsenic, right. right? So, like, it's a potion, it's a um, and then a thousand magical herbs and fungi by somebody named Spore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the transfiguration by switch, mm-hmm. which you're switching, right? right? Um, and magical theory, which theory is a lot of like back and forth and stuff, and it's by waffling, like to waffle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's two that I couldn't quite. I mean, I kind of made a connection, but like the history of magic um, by Batilda Bagshot. The only thing I could think of was like a bat, and bats typically are associated with like old witchcraft and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know that one. I couldn't find as much. And then this one too, like the standard books of spells by um, Miranda Ghosthawk. So I thought like Ghosthawk, mm-hmm. like so she transforms to a hawk. I don't know. Those two I couldn't find as much connection, but but then there's also one later that definitely stood out when it's. Um, She's talking about um, the curses and counter curses, bewitch your friends and befuddle your enemies with the latest revenge by Professor Vindictus, my yes. vindictive. Yeah. So. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. I, mean, I think Go. a lot
1: of her names, even not just with the authors of the books, but a lot of her characters' names in general, yeah, are very foretelling yeah. of. Their characteristics or their personality, or
0: so there's like a reason their, for him. Like, um, yeah. yeah, so the only professor we've met so far is Professor Correll, well, McGonagall, but um, but
1: even, qu- yeah, even Correll's name,
0: yeah, itself, you know,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. you've read, yeah,
0: I've read first through book. the end of the book, so, so the I mean, end, I don't want to I mean, talk too much about the end, but yeah, like to Coral, right, Coral, right. there's gonna be
1: some sort uh, of yeah. conflict between them, yeah. mm-hmm. um, even like Draco Malfoy. I think Draco is, I know it's a word dragon. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. In um, some other language, okay. anyone know? Yeah. I Latin, know. maybe? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I did not know that. but Yeah. yeah Draco but that makes is sense, Dragon. yeah. So he's kind of like that. Um, And I know, because I've read this before, Malfoy, I think, means like bad faith.
0: Well, it sounds like malicious. Yeah. Almost. Like, yeah. yeah. So, I
1: mean, yeah. there's other character characters. Family, so yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Professor Quirrell, I was just curious what is behind his stuttering and maybe, do they get to that at the end? Does they he kind stop of do. stuttering? He does or? stop okay. stuttering.
2: It's kind of a front of weakness okay? where he yeah. then later on sheds
0: that. Okay. Yeah. Like a snake? Like oh. a snake. Oh. Um, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Like even as I wrote that, I was thinking maybe by the end that he guys kind of, um, but it stood out to me as like, you know, like this is something like like you said, like, is this a form of weakness? Is this because he's hiding something, you know, mm-hmm. which, so it's kind of a foreshadow. Um, and, and then I also said, like, why does he teach the dark arts if he's so scared of it? Right. Um, which again, kind of is, I think just a foreshadowing of like mm-hmm. what, you know, he's hiding. Um, I even said, is it all an act? Right. So you t- you touched on that briefly of um,
2: teaching defense against the dark arts that becomes like a, uh-huh, a trend thing. Yeah. <laughs> of okay. like almost a revolving door
1: yeah professors like mm-hmm. nobody wants to keep doing it yeah okay. it's a great way to introduce new um, characters right oh yeah <laughs> um into <And> my <laughs> ironic <laughs>
0: <tendency>. <laughs> okay um, my next note is um why did harry's parents have so much money because they go to the vault, and he's got, like, apparently this, like, plethora of money. And I'm like, at least so far, I mean, yes, I know that they were both magical and stuff, but, like, I don't know enough of their history to know, like, well, where Lily did, they did get not, get so much yeah, money.
1: Lily did not come from a magical family. Right. So she did not inherit that money right. from, you know. No, but James's family did. Actually, I
2: just found that out this morning when I was doing okay. my research. His hmm. father or grandfather named Fleamont Potter... Um, came up with some sort of like hair potion. Uh, he created magical sleek, sleekies, sleekies hair potion. Two drops tames even the most bothersome barnet. <laughs> so that's how he made his
1: money. But you said hair potion. Yeah, a hair potion. That's interesting since Harry's <laughs> yeah, I mean, hair is hair. always like a mess. But oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which makes you think maybe that's a family trait. Yeah, but, yeah.
2: So that's how he made his money. And apparently that shows up that james was a little arrogant because he came from money okay. they were an okay. ancient uh magical family but not necessarily old money interesting okay so that okay that so has something it to do with left
0: it. some money for him okay mm-hmm. um so also uh, next thing i made a note of like when we first meet malfoy who at the time we don't know mm-hmm. is malfoy right in the um robe shop where they're getting fitted for the robes um but then later when he comes on the train and he says, oh, that's the boy from, you know, the shop. So um, I just noticed, you know, from the first moment of introducing him and, like, he is really arrogant. Like, he says, I'll bully father into getting me one. I'll smuggle it in. Um, Harry was strongly reminded of Dudley. Mm-hmm. Right. So oh, yeah. um, so I don't know. I mean.
2: Remember the other end of the spectrum from Vernon I mentioned? Right. Uh, that was, I was thinking of Draco.
0: The, the Malfoy the whole family or Draco.
1: Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) Wait till you meet his father. Uh, Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, because I know like, again, you know, having finished this book, like he is a bully obviously. Um, but I just feel like setting that up early, like he's going to be even worse. So like definitely, um, kind of an enemy, I guess. Yes. Throughout.
2: Harry has several of those. Yes.
0: More enemies um,
2: than friends,
0: I would say. um, which also makes me wonder, right, kind of in our predictions and stuff we talked about, like, will any of them, um, you know, change their minds by the end and will there be any kind of redemption of some of those characters? I think that's um, a question for you, though. What, what do you think? Yeah, well, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hope so. I think in... In my opinion, in good writing, you have, maybe not Malfoy, but you have to have a character at some point that, you know, crosses Harry, but then later, like, realizes, oh, you know, I was wrong to do this, or, you know, changes, kind of learns, learns a lesson, I guess, right? Right. Right. Um, Because with, you know, with any great literature, I guess, the lessons that the characters learn are what the readers can learn as well, so. Right. So maybe a character that does learn a lesson and realizes that they shouldn't have been so mean. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that will be Malfoy or not. We'll see, I guess. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, uh, Let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah. So here again, I said, which y'all have already debunked this, but I said, again, real big, real father. (laughs) um, (laughs) Because when he's picking out his wand and he says, he's very curious that he's only ever sold one other wand that was like this, and it was to he who must not be named. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, that connection of like it's not family. Yeah. There's some sort of. Yeah. They are mentioned the that was and that was actually one way. of my
1: questions I was going to ask you was if you thought there was a significance to the fact their wands um, came from the the same phoenix, okay.
2: and the wand we and, know that the wands choose the wizard. Yes. Right.
1: So theirs right. had a twin core. Mm-hmm. Um, we know they came from the same phoenix and also the fact that it came from a phoenix.
0: Right. Which, well, that's what I was know. about to say. Like, a phoenix is like a death and a rebirth and a re-rising. So, it almost makes it seem like um, if, because, I mean, we don't know where Voldemort is right now, right? And there is the rumor <laughs> that he is dead, which I don't think he is, but if he is dead and then, like, so he is dead phoenix or like the phoenix that has re- risen and they've used that same but that it was the same feather it was the feather from the same phoenix so I don't know it's almost like a like a um puzzle uh, well I was gonna say like two different dimensions of the same person like they are the same person just from a different dimension or different period or something right like I don't know ah! Ah, so. yeah,
1: I, have, I have no <laughs> comment at this okay. point okay. So. yeah
0: <laughs> Well you just asked, yeah, you asked my thoughts, and that's what I think. Like, you know, maybe they are two halves of the same whole.
2: Right. God, um, I can't wait until okay. book seven and we can just like I'm gonna flip about the table this, and just be like, uh, okay, let me unload with all my theories. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Um we're only on book one. Chapter Four. five. Five. Uh, five. This is a um, long way to go. All right.
0: Okay, so uh moving on chapter six. I don't have as many notes for this one. So um, uh, I did note that, you know, when Harry goes to Platform 9 and 3 quarters, um, the first family to help him is the Dursleys, right? And so, oh, no, I mean, not the Dursleys, Weasley. I'm sorry, the Weasleys. Weasleys. Yes. The Weasleys. Um, and so setting up that relationship with him and Ron from, like, early on, and I just like that um, – uh, the reason I said Dursleys in my head is because I was gonna say like there's stark contrast to the mm-hmm. Dursleys, his real family who treat him like crap, mm-hmm. versus this you know these complete strangers who you know treat him so kindly take him in. without yeah. knowing um, who he is, without even knowing yeah that he is the famous Harry right. Um, and and I know Alex, we talked about this, so you can elaborate if you want to, but like just the the idea of like it brings up the the universal idea of like you know family isn't what necessarily makes you love each other or even be nice to each other that, you know, love is something that is, you know, within us. And, um, and I see the the whole Weasley family, um, who are represented as being like really poor because they have so many kids and like, so they don't have things. And yet what they do have is a loving family and this loving relationship, um, versus, you know, the Dursleys who, you know, obviously do have money. They bought deadly 28 presents, right? Um, or whatever. Um, 38. Anyway. Um, and yet, thir- you know, just not nice. Right, you know? right. So
2: kind of like a, a little tangent, if you will. Uh, we all know the common phrase, blood is thicker than the water. It's actually been misquoted for like generations. It's actually the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. So whoever misquoted that got it completely backwards. And that's kind of what I th- Thought of What came to mind when you talked about, well, this random family is nicer to him than his mm-hmm. blood relatives. Mm-hmm. So blood of the Covenant, I feel like his friendship with Ron and kind of his adoptive, the, quote unquote, right. family with the Weasleys is stronger than water from the womb. Yeah. So yeah. And even, I mean, like
0: Covenant, it. yeah. So the magical connection Coven, between yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, we, oh, covenant, yeah. yeah. Covenant, yeah. <laughs> covenant, yeah. Exactly. So it so. kind of just
2: came to mind, the, like, the fam- <laughs> you can't pick your family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: so. right. Yeah, exactly. But and I don't know. We can talk more about the Dursleys later because we'll get more of them in there, obviously, later. Um, but uh, the Weasleys, sorry. Yes. I said it again. Okay. I it. <laughs> yes. Well, both. I mean, kind of comparing and contrasting those two families, right? But, right. Um, but I like the Weasleys in the way that, you know, they're just – they just seem like good, kind people, right? Um, okay. Uh, oh, the word prefect – Right. So Percy is a prefect. Um, and I just noted, like, that obviously is very similar to perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like, they are like the leaders and the guides of the yeah. houses. And so, like, they right. are the perfect representation of of that house, I mm-hmm. guess, or what that means. Yeah.
2: Um, I believe that, like, some of the English boarding schools, they have, like, head boys and head girls and prefects to where those are actual leadership roles within boarding schools. Out oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. okay. Interesting. So that wasn't um, that I maybe that's a cultural thing that we don't understand as Americans, okay. but yeah. in England they're like, yeah, that's
0: that's normal. It seems Yeah, it's <laughs> just a leader. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um that so Jenny Weasley, right? Jenny Weasley, um, is like obsessed with Harry, like when <laughs> they see him on the platform and all that. And I just thought I just wrote Jenny's crush equals cute. Like I just think it's cute that like um, you know, obviously, just like everybody else in the Leaky Cauldron is, like, obsessed with its Harry mm-hmm. Potter. But, you know, she just seems to have, like, this admiration for him and being a young, you know, girl. Like that puppy love. Cute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a little crush. Like that. Just a note. I just thought it was cute. Um, okay. Um, oh, yeah, again, we kind of t- already talked about this. But here again with Ed Dumbledore and he's reading his card that he got with the um, frogs, right? the chocolate frogs. And he's just, like he's described as this great wizard, right? Famous for his defeat of the dark wizard Grindelwald in 1945, discovery of 12 uses of dragon blood, his use of alchemy, right? And so I just made a note again, so why can't he defeat Voldemort? Right? But we kind of already talked about that yeah. and like how he has to just kind of be the, the guide or the leader, right? Um, and then actually my only other note for this chapter is when we meet Hermione <laughs> and <laughs> they say, First, it says she had a bossy sort of voice. <laughs> um, and then she's like, you know, grabs his wand, let me see it. And, you know, and so, like, I'm like, so I'm like, bossy, yep, bossy. <laughs> so, like, I just thought it was kind of funny because I know, again, I mean, the one thing that you can't really avoid knowing is that Hermione and Ron and Harry all become pretty good friends. And so, like, from the beginning, though, she's seen as this bossy little girl. So
1: I think it's funny, too. It makes me think of, um, you know, when you have mothers and they have these little... Toddler girls who are bossy and stubborn, and you're like, oh my gosh, this kid is so hard to handle. But wait till they're an adult. They're going to be a really good adult. Mm -hmm. They're going to have these leadership qualities. That makes me totally think of Hermione. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Mm -hmm. Reflecting back now, thinking about when she gets older, Mm -hmm. she's not like the most likable character. Really? In the no, I mean in the beginning. Like, oh, when she's okay. first introduced, you know. Yes. I love her. No, I do too, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But at the very, very beginning, yeah. it's she's a, a lot. Yeah. She's mossy. yeah lot. She,
0: like Yeah, she like um she's not but she's yes, a know, at all she's, yeah, a know she, it all for yeah. sure. She um what is she like? She tells on them for doing something at some point or
1: total rule follower. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. To evolve <laughs> <a fault. laughs> to a fault. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: yeah. And then um I didn't make a note of this, but I'm just noticing now, like, uh, the mention of the two oldest Weasley children, Charlie's in Romania studying dragons and Bill's in Africa doing something for Gringotts. So, um, I just wanted to ask y'all, do we see them? Do they come up? Like, I mean, obviously, I know already in the first one that Charlie comes and takes the dragon, mm-hmm. right, that Hagrid has. But, like, um, are they involved more so in...
1: I would say in a minimal we-
0: sense. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, you, you meet them. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I mean, they. I wouldn't
1: categorize them as major characters. No.
0: Yeah, I figured, yeah, they would be major. But, um,
1: okay. Bill maybe then, more so than Charlie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So just throwing this out there, did y'all know at the Fan Expo on March 27th through the 29th, you can meet uh, Rupert Grint, who was Ron. Who yes. Was oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Bonnie Wright, who was Jenny, mm-hmm. and James and Oliver Phelps. The
1: twins? or are the twins. Oh.
0: So, uh, four of them will be at the Fan Expo. In Dallas? Wow, Yeah, on March 27th through the 29th. Maybe we should go. We should go. I
1: have
2: met. We could um, podcast
0: from there.
1: We
2: could. I want to take a podcast. picture with the twins.
1: Right? Yeah. Not just because they're cute, but because they're cool. They're cool. <laughs> so since I'm only on this one episode, at least for now, I do want to point out that I did meet uh, Daniel Radcliffe. You did? Um, oh. Last year in New York City, and he's like the shortest person I've ever seen. <laughs> When you say, like, compare him to Frodo Baggins, it just makes me giggle.
2: That's awesome.
1: Was he cool? Yeah, it was actually, I went to his play in New York. And so afterwards, of course, a lot of times they will come out Mm -hmm. and meet people. So he signed my book, and I took a picture with him. I was standing down on the street, and he was up on the sidewalk, and I was still taller than he was. (laughs) Or maybe around the same height. But, yeah, he was super nice. He was wearing a Detroit Lions Pat, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you're British, but you like randomly like Detroit lines, football. American yeah. stuff, like Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah,
0: exactly. Um, I wonder if that went into a casting decision. Like, you think they wanted somebody who was small because, yeah. I mean, not only was he a child in the beginning, but just to make him almost the but small But they did grow figure. up throughout the movies, too. I know, but at the know. beginning, I don't know. Yeah. So when we
2: get into the – I actually have a lot of information mm-hmm. on the – decisions that went into
0: casting. casting. Oh, okay. Um
2: that I'll bring up when we start doing the
0: movies. Movies okay. and yeah, we'll talk how about with-
2: I'm sure yeah. that's tough when you're playing the long game like JK Rowling was and knowing how their personalities would develop and how their appearances would develop casting someone as a 10-year-old. Right. They were young right? with yeah. just I guess yeah. fingers crossed they fit yeah. the mold when they're right.
0: 17 right. 18 knowing, years old. Knowing yeah, right? knowing that this was going to go on. Especially you know.
1: the boys because they change so much, you know. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah,
1: Shout
0: out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All, right. All um, right. Any other observations that we want to make? Um, we kind of got to our part that we wanted to get to, and then we can on our next episode go over the rest of book one.
1: So. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for letting me join in. You're Thanks welcome. for joining us. Thanks for being us.
0: here with us. We enjoyed it. All right. Um, so uh, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at magic VSM which is just short for Magic versus Muggles. So follow us um, so you can always find out when our next podcast is coming out and any other news. And um, I just like to tweet also like Harry Potter stuff. Like I'll I'll send out that fan expo. Um, Also, the Angelica Theater is showing all the Harry Potter movies, one a month, starting this Saturday at 10 a.m. So, uh, if anybody wants to get out there, I don't know that this podcast will even be out before then because I got to edit it. But, um, but yeah, just so you can pick up with the next one. But every month, um, one week in a month, they're going to show through all seven movies. So well,
1: that's cool. Anyway, so yeah.
0: All right, guys. All right. Thanks for joining us. Have Thank a cute. good one.